Welcome to Field and Foley episode 14 with Jan van der Kruijzen and Raphael Monar. For the first time, we bring together two distinguished professionals who have made their mark in the realm of sound. First, we have Jan, a composer and sound designer celebrated for his work on the video game Stray, which garnered accolades including Best Sound Design for an Indie Game, PlayStation Game of the Year and Best Debut Indie Game. Jan's creative prowess extends far beyond gaming though, encompassing software synthesis, programming, music composition, writing and more. Joining him is Raphael Monard, a versatile French sound designer, sound editor and mixer whose expertise spans soundscapes for film, TV, documentaries and video games. Raphael has lent his talents to diverse projects, including his role as a sound designer and Foley artist for Stray. With an extensive background, he has delved into music composition, production, mixing and mastering. And uh, yeah, together Jan and Raphael bring a wealth of experience and insights into the sonic world. So join us as we delve into their artistic journeys and uncover the secrets of crafting unforgettable soundscapes for various media. So hello to both of you and thank you for taking the time to coming on the show. Hello. Hello. And uh, yeah, a little shout out to Heli Linos who suggested you as guest because she's a big fan of Stray and she also submitted some questions. So yeah, my first question would be um, Stray, the video game has received widespread acclaim and one important part of it is the auditory experience because there's no dialogue as such in the game. So can you share maybe your philosophy on creating the soundscapes for uh, enhancing the player experience in the game? Obviously, since there is no dialogue, um, an important part was to give uh, the robots a distinctive uh, voice, mm -hmm. but we couldn't really afford to record the voices, like record the dialogues. Uh, it has been suggested to us at some point that we could do this, but I didn't really want it to do this. I I didn't. Uh, I preferred them to stay uh, abstract, mm. um, but uh, I didn't want the robot voices to conflict too much with the text. So it needed to be. I wanted sounds that would uh, convey the idea of being voices, but uh, far enough for from the actual human voices so you could tell it's it's robots i didn't want it to evocate the actual text and i didn't want the player to feel that it was uh, actual humans speaking and processed voice so i had to do a lot of research for uh, the voices to be to feel synthetic enough uh, and that goes for about all the sounds in the game. I, uh, I, I knew it was important. It, it, it takes place into a world where humans have um, disappeared. So they are still there. You can see pictures of them sometimes. There are some informations about the humans that uh, were there at some point. Uh, but they have disappeared and it, they, they are not there. So I... I wanted the soundscape to feel the um, same way. I, I I wanted to avoid anything that would sound too human, but uh, it needed to be reminiscent of humans. Uh, 
in some way, like in some distant way, through uh, processed sounds or uh, music that would uh, remind some kind of uh, human music. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, one interesting uh, thing for me is that uh, they all have like a distinctive style. Uh, for example, uh, with the character Momo, I I seem to hear like some Atari kind of sounds, some old school console sounds, or the bartender has a very distinct one. So how did you come up with like the different characters? Did you like go through them each by, uh, for, for each and uh, decide what their character is and then decide the appropriate sounds? Or did you just experiment and see what matched like the visuals? Um... No, I uh, when I did some research about the the sound, the, the voices, um, I created a lot of voices that you cannot hear in the final game. I made mm. a lot of experiments, uh, but it it never felt right for the other designers. They always they uh, they weren't happy with it, so I I went on creating many voices. But as I was working on this, the the game was not uh, totally set up like the mm -hmm. there were the, the characters were changing all the time so i could not really uh, do research for precise characters um and just in general in that game not only the voices but everything in the game that is duplicated at various points is uh, usually randomized in a deterministic way Mm -hmm. Which means that uh, even for I don't know for uh, for raindrops, for instance, there are a lot of places in the game when you you can see a thread of water falling from a roof, for instance. Mm -hmm. There are about uh, I don't know like thirty raindrop sounds with various uh, textures, and for each of them, the game will choose one sample and one pitch and one uh, amplitude like one gain and uh, it will always be the same for every player for every like it will always be the same because it's, it's based on the uh, object id in the game mm, I see, and yeah. the same goes for the voices like most of the voices they just there are i don't know i don't know if you remember uh Raphael, how many voices there are but let's say i don't know 20 mm. uh, yeah something like this the game will pick one of them and say, okay, this character has one of them and it's going to be biased by a certain pitch, a certain, like certain variations. Uh, but then we as designers, we can always override this. Mm -hmm. So for the most important characters, such as Momo, I created a custom voice that is on, only associated with this uh, particular character. Um, and I... I did this for the most obvious ones, <laughs> but mm -hmm, uh, for the generic robots, they are just they just picked one of out of the twenty generic voices. So some of them can have the same voice with a pitch difference. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, ah, yeah, you were talking about the Atari sounding. Um, maybe one thing that uh, makes you think that is the I use something called linear predictive coding. It's a uh, it's something that it's still used today, but it has been used extensively during the 80s, 70s, 80s. It, it's the algorithm that is uh, famously used in the speak and spell chip. Oh, you know, yes, the, yes, uh, I know that one. And yeah, this is really something that colors the, 
the voices uh, a lot, uh, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not Atari, but <laughs> it's the kind of the, the same era, probably. Yeah, it's from the era. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of my childhood. That's cool. Um, yeah, that. I mean, obviously, you took some inspirations um, from yeah, as you just said, like from the from the speaking spell. Um, do you have any other like influences or inspirations that you referenced um, that you influenced your decisions on the sound design? Um, so some of the sounds uh, come from old technology. Like I have a lot of old uh, computers, synths, stuff like that uh, at home, or that I recorded at some point. So I know that at some point there is one sound coming from an old modem, like a mm, 56K, yes. you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure how uh, younger generations perceive this, like do they know about it? <laughs> But we, we instantly recognize that kind of sound. Uh, I, I know that I also used something, it's something that we have in France called, uh, we had in France called Minitel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a you know um, it didn't produce sound but there are sounds that it, it makes sounds when you press buttons when yeah. you it, it has a like the the screen is emitting some kind of hiss and I recorded all that and I used all that in the game like it, it's it has a kind of retrofuturistic feeling uh, so I had to take inspiration from like midly old technology That makes sense, yeah. I mean, I, I'm also thinking that, uh, just like you said, young, younger generations maybe don't have the same like auditory uh, yeah, memory of that because, yeah, we, we used to hear those modems, so we have those instant connection. But maybe to them it sounds like even fresh because, yeah, they're not used to those sounds. So, um, yeah, it would be interesting to, to hear how that changes in the future. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can we can probably reuse all our old tricks <laughs> in a couple of years. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> But I also used at some point I um, I have used uh, recordings from very old technology that even I d- don't know about, like uh, beginning of uh, 20th centuries mm. uh, phones and stuff like that. So I, it it doesn't evoke me anything. But I have used them for some object, but. Um, I think I was uh, I was obliged to remove them from the game at some point because we weren't sure we were legally uh, allowed to use those. But mm. it was interesting to have a mix of technologies that are like that spans over one century or something. Yeah, like it's not clearly there. Yeah, I could I could really feel that it's it, it wasn't like sounding like an 80s style. It wasn't sounding mm. like a 90s no, style. I didn't was, want that. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was a perfect mix of of very many different um, yeah synthy sounds. So that was that was very very well done. Um, yeah, another question I would have like um, speaking of recording because you just mentioned it, and this is of course also a podcast about recording. Um, whose cat is the main character? Ah. <laughs> uh, um. Uh, graphically speaking, I don't know. I maybe uh, you know the yeah you know Raphael. Uh, yeah, graphically speaking, he's a cat from uh, Viv, uh, okay. one of the director. Okay. Uh, so that is cat. Um, after uh, with sounding, it is uh, I won't be able to say it, um, because uh, I think Ian. Uh, it's a mix of many different cats. Yes. I uh, I try to record cats at the beginning. I, I try to go to 
people's place, uh, friends who own a cat and record them, but they never want to. <laughs> yeah, they are not really uh, complaining. To <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, uh, but uh, I think one of the one of the main cat that I uh, like the the voice of the cat, the meows. Mm -hmm. I recorded cats for the voices. I recorded also some of some cats for the uh, walking sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the cat sounds are not really made by a cat, but it's uh, it's a mix. Mm -hmm. uh, one cat that was really useful was the cat from uh, Eric Chailly, is a um, French uh, developer. Uh, he is walking not far from uh, the place where we walked, so uh, I was discussing with him at some point. He said, "Oh, there is one cat. It's not my cat." But he comes every day at the same time and scratches the door and meows. So I could just set a microphone and wait for him. And he did that. And uh, he sent me the recordings. And that turned out to be uh, some of the best recording that I had. Like some of the uh, also most um, neutral recordings. Mm. Because some of the meows that I had were good. But you could really tell that the cat was asking for something or annoyed about something mm, yeah and yeah. i could not really use that in a generic way if the players just press mew you don't know why and yeah it needed to be neutral enough a mm. neutral mm. meowing that's that's mm. awesome yeah so you got the, the sounds for a stray cat from a stray cat that's that's very cool <laughs> uh Probably stray cat. We Probably, don't know, I mean, actually. We, yeah, we, we don't, don't know what this cat is. <laughs> 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 no, that's, that's how it usually goes with cats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and because you were just speaking about, like, uh, different emotions, um, d did you use, like, any techniques to try to evoke something from a cat, like, play with them, or, like, uh, or did you just have to put in a lot of, lot of hours to get all the sounds you needed? At some point, I listened to all the males that I had and I classified them into maybe about 20 categories. Mm. Like he's annoyed, he's uh, happy, whatever. Um, but I don't think I turned... In the end, I didn't use that much of them. Or I used some of them at some very precise point, but mm. the one that I used most of the time is the neutral one. Um... May, sometimes I know that I I have put zones, like depending on when the where the cat is. For instance, if if the cat is very close to an enemy, and and the player decides to meow for some reason, mm -hmm. I will choose a meow that is not the neutral one mm, because nice. it makes sense. The context makes uh, sense in the, in that case. Um, but apart from that, I suppose. Uh, uh, apart from the meals, I think that uh, most of the cat sounds were the walking, jumping, uh, falling sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't remember. Uh, we, we did that together with Raphael, uh, the walking. Yeah. Uh, and I think for most part, it was not uh, a, a real cat. We just yeah. recorded custom. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we're recording like custom foley, like uh, for movement and stuff. Like as you said, uh, yeah, and for jumps and land uh, and walk and all depends on surfaces. When we come, when we had uh, new surfaces in games, so we were just like uh, recording new sound on those surfaces, um, basically. So 
So yeah. Mm. Um, and movement as well for s sometimes for some cinematic and stuff. Uh, when the cat sit for all the idols and stuff. So we were just doing like movement, like real fully as you watch what's happening on the screen and and you try to perform a bit. Then for mm. cinematics, for example, or animation, so a specific animation. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Did you have like any? Interesting props uh, for the foley. I mean, what, what did you use for the cat paws, for example, Rafa? <laughs> uh, specifically foley was for the scratch, for when the cat scratch. Mm -hmm. I think Yan did already some because me, I, I came, I arrived in the project uh, almost at the end of the production. So uh, Yan already uh, did a lot, but uh, at the end we had more surfaces and stuff. So for example, uh, I used needles uh, for scratching. And I was just taking few needles in my hand. And for example, uh, when the cat scratch on, on, on wood, uh, I would take a wood board and scratch the wood board or, or metal board, um, carpet as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and same with all the surfaces for footsteps. They are basically, uh, I remember some of the footsteps as well, trying different things with my, with my fingers. Uh, but sometimes he was not making enough noise. For example, uh, when the cat walk uh, on the carpet, so I took uh, gloves as well, some gloves. And yeah, and I was just trying, you know, mm -hmm. different things. And when I thought it sounded good, for, I mean, we didn't know how, how it sounded till we, till we cut it and put it in the game and tried it. Mm. So sometimes we were recording some sound. And I remember uh, that's okay, but that's um, not enough. So we were just redoing it and replacing the sounds till uh, we thought it sounded good for both of us. I also think that uh, a small part of, uh, like some components of the cat sounds are synthesized. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the reason is that, um, the, for instance, the jumping and falling sounds, they are there to uh, give you an impression of a real cat, but we could not really use... They are also there to give a feedback to the player. And if you put the sound that a real cat will actually do, it's uh, when, you, when you jump and you fall, it's sometimes it doesn't make enough noise or mm. it doesn't make a, a very um, precise signal for the player to understand that, okay, the jump is taken into account or I arrived at in the surface and I have to continue. So I, I had to put some rules that, for instance, uh, I don't remember exactly, like that was more than one year ago, but uh, I knew that uh, within the game engine, I had to compute the uh, absolute distance between the starting point and the ending uh, point of a jump. Mm -hmm. And if the cat was going downwards, I would use a sound, uh, I would use a slightly louder sound with a small um, low frequency component that was typically synthesized just to give the player an, the impression that Puk, you landed mm -hmm. on something. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, nice impact. I'm not sure that an actual cat would do that bump. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's more like a signal for the player. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the cats are stealthy and they, they have mm, to make as, don't make as little sound. noise. Yeah, 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 they have to make as little noise as possible for hunting, of course. Yeah. But that's, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, the, the job we have, right? Like trying to figure out how to make it even um, yeah, good for the player um, so he has a good signal, but also 
still sound realistic. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah, you did a fantastic job. The the, the actual cat noise, like we, I received some uh, recordings from friends who recorded their cat uh, walking, mm -hmm. and it's also a lot more uh, random that you could expect. Uh, I suppose it's mainly because of the how do you say like the clothes, the nails. Mm, yeah. Sometimes if the, the cat is working on a wooden material, it would do it would do a lot of sound that don't really sound like it, each other. Mm -hmm. And I we could not really use that. I've tried at some point to just cut them into small parts and use them randomly. Mm. But it's kind of too random for a video game if even if the actual cat is doing that s sound. So instead we choose to most of the time we choose to use sounds that sound like each other but there is an additional layer of uh, small asperities that are just triggered sometimes to give variations um, but it's overall it's less random than when a, what a real cat would do makes sense yeah and uh, yeah one question probably specific to you Jan because you were the composer for Stray um, can you elaborate a bit on your musical influences um, and Yeah, how you use that in the game because the the score is very, I would say, organically and and unique. Like it it flows into the sound, which is cool. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I think one of the one of the, the important um, thing that I try to keep in mind that I was that I didn't want any human even in the music. Mm, so yes. I didn't want any uh, performer. That's why I mainly went for uh, synthesis, um, uh, I, and I, I think I wanted the music to be uh, mainly about the environment. Uh, I didn't want the music to be too much about the player, like to be uh, rewarding music, or uh, I, I didn't want the music to comment too much on the gameplay. Mm -hmm. So I kept very long tracks that were mainly uh, speaking about the, um, like the mood of places, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, and since a lot of places are just uh, full of junk and electrical stuff that don't work or are very messy places, uh, I think it made sense for me to have also a lot of small electrical elements uh, in the music that would uh, that would feel messy as well. Mm. Um, I'm not sure about precise. I, I didn't have any very precise influence that I kept uh, for the whole soundtracks. I, uh, I I had some reference tracks sometimes for sounds for some specific sounds in in a give, given. Uh, track but wouldn't be able to really uh, cite uh, <laughs> something that, that influenced me uh, overall yeah makes sense i couldn't i couldn't hear anything specifically as well but that that was why i was wondering maybe you had some mm. something that i don't know of um but yeah um yeah yeah it, it comes out really really good like the, the the feeling of the environment and especially at those key moments when the music sets in um feels, feels very fitting yeah so uh, one of the things I specifically wanted to ask you about is the the robot songs that um, that the music um, the musician plays the robot musician. Did you have like free reign in what to do with those sounds, or was that like a planned thing? Actually, the when we started working on the game, there was just one or two uh, 
like boomboxes at some point, and it was just it was just an an item you would walk by and hear music for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it wasn't that important, so I created small loops, but those loops were like ten seconds long. At some point, I implemented something in the radio so that it would switch from one loop to the other. But overall, it was not that important. Mm -hmm. And it's only very late in the development where I realized that at some places, you would have no extra diegetic music. You would just be there and the radio would play while you will solve a puzzle that would take you like 10 minutes or something. And you would hear that same loop over and over. Mm-hmm. And that was during the last two years or something. So, so I thought, oh, I should really extend that, those loops. Um, so I, I took the existing loops and created longer songs out, out of them, but it wasn't really planned. Uh, and that's also maybe the reason why I didn't really... Um, I, I initially created those loops as I would create sound effects. So I sometimes I created them on the go with some synthesizer and I didn't keep the separate tracks. I only recorded them in mono because I knew they would be uh, mm-hmm. Play somewhere, uh, yeah. positioned something. Yeah. So I, I don't, for most of the songs, I don't even have the stereo tracks. I just I just have the filtered uh, lo-fi version of them <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. uh, because it wasn't planned that it would at some point take one hour of them. But <laughs> um, but when I knew that this, those songs would be longer, I yeah I, I was trying to think about. Um, I like the idea that some of the songs would somehow sound like jazz band or something, or or just a band like I. Um, music that a human would have done at some point, that, but that would be uh, re- recreated or reinvented by robots. So I I created those tracks that would sound, some of the tracks sound uh, somehow jazzy, but you can tell that it's on it's fake instruments. Fake jazz, it's yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, heavily synthetic, and I wanted that. I, I really yeah. uh, researched to have a sound that doesn't sound real and sound uh, too simple and some of the s- other tracks sound more like sampled music but it's uh, I wanted I wanted it to feel like it was destroyed uh, <laughs> it was uh, it, it had aged in yeah, some way yeah. Mm. yeah just just like the whole world yeah yes um yeah and I was I was wondering specifically about the the one robot where you um, get him some sheet music and then he plays the songs for you on his makeshift guitar so mm. how, how did you come up with those like was it just like having fun and trying to find um, as many things to do in those like I think it was eight different songs yeah it was uh, it was initially just one or two songs that someone asked me to do because they added this character. This character was a very very late addition. It was added just before some trailer where it would appear. So I had to create those songs very quickly. Like I think I I created them in just one morning or something. Uh, hmm. so I had to I had to be very quick. That's why I reused some of the songs that you can hear in the jukeboxes or in the... I just took the MIDI and made them play by a synth guitar. And some of the songs are more like jokes. 
Um, I, I really like, as a player, I really like when there are uh, side quests. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I thought it was... Uh, it, uh, I didn't like... I, 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 I tried to spend a bit more time so there would be more than two songs. Uh, I created eight of them and I, I asked the designer, is it okay if you find some place somewhere for the eight of them but mm-hmm. I, I think it was my initiative to make more than two of them yeah, yeah it was very cool and it's also surprising that they they sound so different i mean one of them was like almost garbled and something and uh, one of them was very very emotional and yeah it was really fun yeah. finding those yeah. and seeing seeing what the, what the music was so great great idea on that um and yeah, follow-up question on that, um, which is actually from Heidi Linus. Um, she wanted to ask, how did you manage to make the game sound so cohesive? Because the, the music and the sound effects, they blend together so beautifully. So um, yeah, did you have an idea in your head how to implement all those so that it's it's like, you, you can never tell, to be honest, when the music really starts. At some point you realize, oh, now it's music that's playing. Um, mm. But yeah, there's a lot of ambient stuff as well and there's ebb and flow of stuff. So that would be interesting to hear. Yeah, well, um, so one, I, I think that one part of your question is about the, let's say, the, the trigger. Like mm-hmm. when does a music start? Um, and uh, there are two, pa- two places in the game that are... Uh, open you can uh, they are not that linear mm-hmm. uh, so for those places i i made a system in the game that would choose to play a song at some point it will not be the same experience for every player because the because of many things <laughs> because mm-hmm. of the the uh, conditions for a song to be played uh, but most of the time the idea was that if the player is making a unique action if is like having a dialogue that they will never uh, hear twice Mm. and that is somehow important it might be the good place to start a song Um, i have some playlist of songs that i know would fit with the place so it will start one of those songs uh, not necessarily the same uh, but uh, when I talked to the two uh, main designers of the game, they said that the, those places were sometimes too silent when they play tasted the game and some players didn't find any clue or didn't do anything important for like uh, 15 minutes. Mm. They would complain that the game would stay silent. So I have been thinking about uh, implementing a timer that says if no no music has been played for a certain number of minutes you would uh, play a given song but i didn't like the the fact that it would give a a false clue to the player mm, yeah yeah each time the player does something important the music starts and if the player is entering a room and by chance the music starts at that point i i was afraid that the player would think that Entering this particular room was something important. So that's why I made, um, for these open places, I created two specific tracks per place that would start with a very, very slow fade-in mm. so that you cannot take that as a, as a cue for you to do something as a player. And these like uh, four tracks, these four uh, faded tracks, 
I created them by just reusing the elements from all the ambient elements that you can hear in all the tracks for, for a given place. Yeah. I would reuse them and just add a lot of reverb and granular stuff so that it, it feels very, very ambient. Uh, and yeah, it's, it, I think it sometimes blends with the electronic sounds and the, like some of the diegetic sounds that you can hear around. That might be what you are uh, speaking about. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I mean, yeah, that's that's what I noticed. Like it, uh, it had elements of the of the environmental uh, sounds as well, and so it blended in there. And yeah, it makes total sense that it's a slow fade in, because mm. that's that's yeah how you suddenly think, oh yeah, there's music playing now. Where did it come from? Mm. And, yes, yeah, felt felt really well made. So, uh, great job on that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe one last question to the music because um, that is also something that's uh, interesting. Is uh, do you have any uh, specific like software or hardware synths that you used in the music uh, anything that might be like mm. very out there <laughs> mm. well I I have a few uh, like I think one of the least common things that I used is uh, <laughs> is uh, our recordings that I made at some point with something called ghost detector it's <laughs> uh it's supposed to record sound uh, from ghosts, but it's actually uh, electromagnetic um, fields. I, I think it's like a, a kind of coil that uh, mm -hmm. uh, records. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how it works, <laughs> but I have <laughs> used it at some point in a factory, and I have recorded a lot of uh, a lot of uh, yeah random fields, uh, no, uh, noise fields. Mm -hmm. uh, so I used that and uh, I've uh, uh, at some point in the past I was really into uh, circuit bending and uh, using old toys and weird electronics and uh, experimenting with them so I used all that I um, I kept a lot of recordings from that period <laughs> so I, I have used samples from this uh, and also one uncommon thing that I used is that I have a um, uh, MS-10, you know, Cork, uh, mm -hmm, old yeah. synthesizer. And um, while I was working on Strays, it's starting... Uh, at some point, it was dead. Like, it didn't work. I could not make any sound with it. Uh, then, for some reason, it, it worked again. Two years later, I could suddenly make sounds. I, I don't know why I, I didn't mm -hmm. touch it. But there was a time where it was slightly malfunctioning and I could record sounds that it's it was really not supposed to do um, oh, that's it, awesome. I, I would just <laughs> press a key and it would do a lot of random noise it would do like 10 seconds of fixed note and then very wobbly sounds and it it, it just it just happened <laughs> so I uh, I used that kind of uh, yeah I, I used those glitches uh, here and there in the in both the soundtrack and the, both the music and the and the sound effect. Yeah. A very happy accident. I'm, I'm pretty sure yes. it was the ghost that you attracted with your ghost mm. detector. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of the machine. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. So, um, yeah, uh, to you, Raphael, because I haven't spoken to you yet for, for a long time now. Um, maybe yeah. could you could you provide a bit of insight into your creative process for, for the sound design? Maybe for Stray specifically, but but also for other projects you worked on? But uh, I, can I can keep going on Stray as well, um, mm -hmm. but because we spoke about synthesizer. synthesizer mm -hmm. And um, 
Also, we were doing some uh, robot reactions into the game, which are not uh, talks at all. They're just reaction uh, sometimes. And I remember I was just uh, once uh, playing with one of my synthesizers. So it's just a Roland uh, SH-01A. Uh, so it's like uh, a new synth which Roland made, uh, which was before the SH-101. But uh, it's a, anyway, it's a kind of clone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was playing with the synth and just making sound and and tweaking knobs. Um, and once uh, I just, it, the synth was start to almost talking, but uh, was making cool sound. So I, so I record that and I was keeping uh, turning knobs and stuff. And after I remember, I let Yen listen to it and Yen uh, uh, put the filters on it. I remember you sent me back and we cut it into pieces and sometimes use it at some different moments in the game. For example, uh, into the slums, uh, there is two robots who are sending uh, paints to each other like um, big bu buckets of, of paint hmm, um, yeah <laughs> and they, ma they make noises uh, like uh, when the guy is lensing the, the paint he's making the sound and when the guy is um, grabbing uh, like the bucket is making a sound as well so that's some sounds where, where they were made um, like uh, with synthesizer so Kind of, uh, this was kind of trial and error approach. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's something that we call reactions. Yeah. Speaking voices that are not going to be translated into text. Uh, it sounds slightly different. Uh, yeah, my, my favorite one is when the when the robot uh, falls, <laughs> when you go between between his legs, when, you, when they walk and you make them mm. fall. That's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that, that was one of the process. Also, as I said um, earlier, it's, it's true we haven't spoke so much about props, mm -hmm. uh, all the objects uh, in the game. So uh, Jan already did uh, many before I arrived into the game, but uh, afterwards uh, we, there was more objects and we needed more variations. So I was using uh, like um, objects from home, you know, like empty bottles and cans, mm -hmm. uh, again, buckets, metal buckets, whatever, you know, um, and just, uh, like, just recording the sound, cutting it and put it in, into the game and tried it and see how it works, you know. But for example, we had some slight sounds, but uh, I think Rian had different process than mine. But for me, for example, when uh, we have, uh, like, a bottle, of, if it was a bottle of plastic, I was just putting the mic, you know, into the surface, mm -hmm. uh, and then just just do it. Actually, roll it or or slide it if it was a slide, and then slide it enough long uh, so I could make a loop out of it. Um, then afterwards, when the when we were putting the bottle, the slide was uh, was on, uh, it was triggered basically. So um, stuff like that. Um, Many animation and or mostly a cinematics as well uh, was mostly foley, like some movements. For example, like uh, there is a robot into midtown who's reading the journal, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just like you know taking a paper and recording, recording few, few movements just to to give more, more sound. Uh, I mean 
to to help uh, to what to what we see on the picture. So to give some context. Yeah, did you have any, anything where you needed a special prop um, and had to like hunt for it? Uh, something where you're like, yeah, nothing I have at home works here? Um, try to remember that, but uh, I think mostly what I've recorded, it was mainly objects from home. So I don't think I've really used something uh, so special to make a new sound with it. Um, so, so yeah, it was mostly... Uh, Uh, objects from home yeah that, that's great <laughs> i always hate that when i have like oh, i have no idea how to do this and um but yeah sometimes you can you can find great stuff at a flea market or in someone's yeah. basement with like oh that, that sounds nice can i just borrow that for a day yeah 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 totally yeah <laughs> yeah um and maybe also to you Raphael, um because you also worked on on film and tv which is yeah more of a linear medium or more which is a linear medium um yeah What aspects on, on of working on a video game uh, set this apart from your previous sound projects and like film and TV work? Um, but I, I mean, video games is not linear, so you have integration, so it's very different. But uh, I mean, what was similar maybe uh, it was recording Foley. So for for some short film, uh, I made some sound from some short films. Mm -hmm. uh, from, for example, uh, being, on, being on a shoot and recording dialogues and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, all the sound from the from the sh from the film on set, um, and then after doing the doing the basically post production. So it was um, I was mainly recording afterward Foley movement again to what the, the actors were doing and then cleaning the dialogue and. You know, um, and that's it. But um, yeah, it's just just uh, interesting. What 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 is different and what is the same? I mean, I would guess, yeah, Foley. Oh, yeah, yeah. would be would be probably the same, um, especially similar. for cinematics in the game um, or similar. Yeah. yeah, but otherwise, you would need like many many variations. Where in movie, you need just the one scene, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, like for example, yeah, in a movie, you watch uh, the scene. Ex each time you will watch uh, the, the scene. Um, it will be the same, uh, but uh, yeah. in the game it's so different because uh, the player uh, the player decide uh, where to go. Uh, even even for example, Stray is, is a bit linear, but you can still uh, sometimes uh, move uh, in different places. So as Jens mentioned earlier, uh, some music were triggered uh, if we were if not if some music were not triggered for for 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, so this will never happen in movie, for example. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you so, can't yeah. wait around in a movie for the plot. <laughs> totally. <yeah. laughs> Do totally. side quests. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we had this thing. Uh, we had a collection of very distant sounds uh, that would be triggered here and there randomly to just give life to the universe oh, even yeah. if the player was not we worked on that both of us but you you have made a lot of uh, distant sounds like this uh, to just uh, yeah 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 we're recording different sounds and um and after uh, i think we already put reverbs on it as well uh, before even implemented them to the game a bit Then afterwards, uh, they were into the, when they were into the game, they were playing randomly at different distance. So that um, 
Yeah, that's something you don't do in movies. Yeah, <laughs> fill out the ambience. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe um, can you tell me what was like the most interesting or challenging sound design task you, you had on, on Stray? Uh, the most challenging, I think, for myself, uh, I would say it, it was um, the track pursuit. Um, it's like uh, during, at the end of, of, uh, of jail, um, mm -hmm. when you escape jail, there is a track and there is a, so we, ha we have to make a sound um, actually for the vehicle. And it was quite hard because the vehicle, uh, you start, you, you are um, like in real time. Then after we, we jump to the cinematic and uh, it was quite hard to make it sound uh, consistent. To get the, sound, the tonality of the motor sound uh, convincing from real time to cinematic, uh, to the cinematic. So that was something uh, spent quite a lot of time to get it right. Yeah, I remember that the pitch would suddenly jump from whatever pitch the vehicle mm. was driving <laughs> to the cinematic yes. one, and that's a problem. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have to spend a, a bit of time on that to get it, uh, to get it sounding convincing, like... <laughs> yeah, and how, how did you do that then? Did you like uh, programmatically adjust the pitch towards the end so it would g go smoothly into the other scene? Or what was like the solution to that? Well, um, alors the solution, I think, um, it was uh, I, I used the recording. I mean, the, the cinematic was kind of done. Uh, and before, uh, actually, that the sounds in real time worked well. So I think we had uh, one accelerator, uh, one of the sound which was accelerating, which we put it and was uh, was a bit of the pitch. Um, it's quite tricky to, to explain, but um, at the beginning, you, you jump to the truck, Clementine start to go. So the, the, the sound of the motor uh, start to accelerating. Then after, there is a kind of uh, different... Uh, Different shots. We don't see we don't see Clementine with the truck, but when we come back and jump to the truck, uh, there is another sound uh, which is accelerating, but which is not the sound uh, triggered. Uh, if, this is another sound basically, which is oh, okay. long enough, yeah. mm -hmm. which is long enough. But uh, when we jump to the truck, this sound is, tr is triggered. This, this new sound, uh, we all we kind of hear the, the gears. Uh, but the gears are not real time. I mean, the gears are from the, the, the recording. Mm -hmm. Even if we yeah. are real time, we are not pushing gears. The gears are into the recording. And then after, we, uh, um, I kind of calculated about the time. Uh, when this sound is triggered, uh, the car goes. Then after a while, uh, after a certain timing, the cinematic starts. Um, so I, I made the pitch after a while uh, to... Uh, to Sounds similar to the one in the cinematic. Mm, um, yeah, so slow adjustments or blends, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Nice. Yeah. And maybe maybe for you, Jan, also, um, what was your most most interesting sound design task? Um, I think the, 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 the one that I had to revise the most was the talks. Mm. Uh, because at some point it was not... Uh, uh, currently in the final game, it ba it's based on loops, Uh, it's not even based on loops because of a technical problem, but 
Uh, at some point in the past, it was based on individual syllabs that we blended together to create uh, like organic, uh, ever-changing <laughs> uh, dialogue that would adapt to the text. Mm. But it was not convincing and we had to drop it. Uh, and I also, I think, a, a challenging task... Um, like I'm, I'm glad you you think it's uh, it sounds consistent <laughs> because at some point when I I, I started I started working um, like I started working at home to create the assets, but then I was integrating the sounds at the place at the studio mm. and I was working on headphones. Oh yeah. Uh, then at some point and it was uh, during COVID, um, I started working at home, even for the integration. And I started uh, hearing everything with uh, speakers instead of headphones. And at this point, it was uh, it was kind of disparating that uh, a lot of soft noise were not audible at, at all. Mm. And a lot, of no a lot of the loudest ones were suddenly uh, very, very loud and distorting. And I couldn't really do, like, I couldn't really, there was no easy solutions. Like I, we were not using a sound engine; we were using the Unreal built-in audio engine. Mm -hmm. And there is a kind of limiter compressor system in it, but it doesn't. At, the, at that point, it didn't work very well. I know they changed a lot of stuff recently in the audio engine, so maybe it's not the case anymore. But I couldn't just say I'll put a limiter and this will be okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I had to just manually go through all the sounds and say, okay, this one will be slightly louder, this one slightly softer, and and do that over and over uh, until it felt okay. But it, it took some time. I, I wasn't sure I would su succeed at this. <laughs> yeah, if you know behind the curtain what, what goes on, it's always... Uh... Yeah. Sometimes it is, it's a bit messy, but yeah, as I said, the end result is, is very great. So um, kudos on you for taking the time to, to adjusting that meticulously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe a, a tip to other sound designers who are maybe starting out, um, try to listen on headphones and speakers and try to switch because yeah. Um, yeah, it's different it's systems. It's always different. Yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, and listening on headphones is good too. I know that of a course, lot of yeah. people say that you should avoid, but no, no, I, no. both of yeah, yeah, I agree. You, you need to you need to test as many systems as you can. Maybe even if you have like a studio, then also on the, on a living room system or something, because uh, yeah, the coloration is other is, is different. So yeah, um, yeah, maybe also a question to both of you. Do you have any thoughts like on the future of audio and gaming and, and how it's evolving? I mean, um, maybe especially f AI or maybe other technologies because, um, yeah, as, as you said, like with the integration things um, are, they are already in a good place, but it's like moving diff in, 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 yeah, into many, many different directions and there's new technologies and new techniques every day. So any thoughts on the future of game audio? Mm. It's hard to tell because I've been... For me, uh, I've always been, I've, I've been working in audio in games for like uh, <laughs> 15, more than 15 years now, mm. but I always work with very low tech. I, 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 I always work with either custom engine or uh, almost nothing at all, and I have to build it myself. So I'm not really... I'm not really aware of the state of the art uh, technologies. I've I've never 
even used one, uh, once uh, Wise RF mode, except for when I was a student. <laughs> so okay. maybe Raphael, you know more about it. I, about uh, what do you mean like about the, Wise? Uh, oh yeah, Wise and like I don't know, like the top. Uh, well, top shelf. I use it on before. Before I use it on some small project. Uh, so yeah, it's what I can say is like. Uh, When we arrived into the project and we work in Unreal, uh, it was some stuff I thought it was um, harder to do, um, basically. But uh, but it was good in some way as well because, uh, as you said, Jan, we, you have to make everything yourself. So for myself, I had to put my head into blueprints and stuff and uh, it make you think about uh, the process and stuff. So, so it's quite interesting. But uh, all I can say about uh, the future of Game Audio, basically, for me, I think it will become better. Uh, if you check early games and you compare it from... Uh, the, if you compare the audio uh, from games from now, uh, just the quality became uh, better and better. So as technology uh, does as well. So, uh, yeah. I'm kind of curious of the the AI field in the audio. Though. I'm always experimenting. Each time I see a, a, like a neural network that claims it can generate audio or modify audio in mm -hmm. any way that sounds interesting, I test it. I usually like, spend some time uh, <laughs> installing whatever I need to test it. And I sometimes use them, but so far I'd say that... Um, I haven't seen many convincing real-time things, and I mm -hmm. don't really care that much about it. I care more about the like, non-real-time approach. Like, I've used some tools where I could say, like, take all the time you want, like take days if you want, but generate me like 10 seconds of uh, this dialogue uh, switch into, like, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, and it's I've got really interesting results so far. Uh, but it was more like it was interesting uh, and I had to use it creatively to make sense out of it. But it was still to the state where I could not just, I don't know, I could, I, I can imagine that some people are working right now on systems where you can just imitate a, a folly with your mouse and it mm. will generate the folly like perfectly. Um, <laughs> As far as I know, we are, we are not there yet. <laughs> uh, so right now, I'm more like I, I'm more. I've been trying to make a creative use of it rather than a precise uh, mm -hmm. use targeted uh, use of it. I don't know if this makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's the same for me. I, I like it to to test around with whatever comes up mm. um, and to see what they can offer. And sometimes it gives me maybe an impulse to do something. Um, mm. But yeah, as you said, also for me, it's it's nothing, it's not there yet, uh, at least nothing that I have seen that would be groundbreaking where you're like, oh, you just push a button and uh, you save like hours of work. Um, yeah, no, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. And also, I, I don't think I, I want to because I really like recording stuff, especially Foley. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> why yeah, why yeah, would yeah, I true. want to give that up? So. True, uh, true, we never true. know if we really want it. Mm. Same for music. 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We, we are kind of there, with, there yet with music, actually. Mm. So that's kind of frightening, but but that's I'm curious about it at the same time. I don't mm. know. <laughs> I, I think we, people will use it as a tool. And um, or, to be honest, what I'm really interested in is uh, that's the only thing I'm really interested in is something that can clean up audio mm. like perfectly because cleaning up something where it's like, you know, you have this take, which is amazing and you need to have it and you have yeah. to clean that up. And it's uh, it's just... Takes time, yeah. Yeah, and it's at least for me, it's not fun work. I mean, yeah, I know yeah, people yeah, yeah. who really are zen about that and like, oh, I can spend two hours cleaning up stuff, but for me, it's like a chore. And it's it's not really a creative job to yeah, clean the audio. Yeah. So yeah. It, I think it's audio to leave that. It, it's okay to leave that to machines. <laughs> yes. <That's, laughs> but, but we shouldn't give them just the shit jobs because when they take over, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, ah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and maybe um, can you give maybe an advice to aspiring composers and sound designers? I mean, especially you, Jan, you've worked a long time in, in game audio, but also you, Raphael. Mm. Anything you can give as a as a guiding light? For myself, I would say uh, for sound design, uh, be passionate by what you do. Mm. And uh, yeah, you're passionate by what you do and then practice it and and uh, look uh, into the sound and games uh, or whatever you want to do like uh, just just get get inspiration from others and 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 yeah and experiment experiment uh, with sound and with what you like to achieve and and so yeah yeah for from music i would say like i have some sound that i it's a very specific uh, piece of advice, and I don't know if it makes sense, but I noticed that um, we tend to we tend to maybe to uh, forbid ourselves to uh, give space to the music. Like I've noticed that with uh, movies, for instance, like w when you have uh, something happening on the movie. And nothing justifies that the music would change. Usually, the music doesn't change. It stays on a pedal-based harmony, and it it doesn't dare to change. You know what I mean? It's yes, uh, yes. And I have the feeling that this has come. It it wasn't like this like fifty years ago. I, I when I watch old peplums noir movies, like the music is. Is totally telling a, a story that sometimes has nothing to do with the actual story in the screen, and that's okay. Mm. Uh, or I mean, that's okay given the context. But we have—I don't know—maybe we have uh, we have gotten used to the music that is a bit more shy and is really, uh, really linked to what you see on screen. Uh, which in some way is good, but I would advise people to not be afraid to just let the music express something and maybe it would not fit completely, but it's fine. <laughs> I know that I don't, I don't even <laughs> dare to do this, so I, it's easy to say, but I, I wish people would uh, be more open to do that. I think that's good advice. Um... And I, yeah, I can really see your point there because music has the the option of of adding another layer of of, of a story to it, uh, that's maybe not so obvious, but that that can elevate the whole product. So, um, yeah, yeah, so. the whole art piece. Cool. And even if it doesn't, it's 
It's worth trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, always. I mean, experimenting and trying. Um, that's. I mean, most of the of the really surprising works of art, be it movies or, or games, were either like shut down by many many publishers um, because it was too weird, too out there, or it, it doesn't work. And then it turns out to be a cult classic. So that happens. I mean, a lot of those don't work, but most of those that work were before seen as not a safe bet and maybe something you shouldn't do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, one question that I always ask my guests, and I'm, I'm interested to hear what you say about that, is um, what was the first sound you ever recorded and why did you record it? Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I, um, I think the I have actually a very big folder of all the sounds that I recorded and I kept a date um and uh the, the 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 oldest date that i have in this folder is something that i it's it's dated around the 90s so it, i was like probably less than 10 at that point and i was using a tiny microphone and the sound is called dolphin mm. but i know that i recorded it at home at home and uh, with my voice so it's probably just me and possibly some effect uh, based on the Windows uh, recorder. <laughs> uh, so it's, it and, wasn't a dolphin. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a dolphin. It's, it's <laughs> but I know, I'm not sure exactly what it is. I don't precisely remember. <laughs> and for you, Raphael? Uh, for me, uh, I think it was footsteps. But um, I think you, I can't remember when it was, but uh, it was quite a long time ago. And I think I was trying to make, to do the sound um, of some, um, of a short film, actually. And uh, I'm not too sure if it was the first sound, to be honest, because I had a recorder as well. Maybe, maybe it was not, wasn't footstep. Maybe it was just ambiances. Maybe it was rain. It's quite hard to say. Maybe it was rain or, but I remember... Um, I remember, yeah, I was trying to, because it was a take from uh, the film, which was, uh, it was some, we could not use, uh, use this audio, so I was trying to redo the footsteps mm. uh, at home and uh, watching the, the movie, and I understood how hard it was to actually um, record the footstep in time to make it sound Sounding, it was, uh, example, the, the, the scene was like uh, uh, in the stairway, you know, so I, and I was doing the footstep in my room and I, it was sounding, it was not sounding convincing at all, you know, so that's how <laughs> I understood, yeah. started to understood uh, how hard it is to, you know, so uh, even I was trying some reverbs and stuff and after and so um, that's uh, how I, st fin, I understood how it is hard to, it can be hard to do Foley, fin, mm. particularly when you replace uh, uh, an audio scene for a movie or whatever, because you have to match the, the other scene and the shoes and everything. So, so yeah, I think it was footstep, but, you know, I'm not too sure. Uh, I probably have recorded some other stuff, which I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, but very cool. Yeah, it's, I also remember my first time trying to match something, uh, s some material where it's like, oh, this is this is way harder than it looks. Now I understand why it's an, a whole, yeah, a whole profession. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
yeah, that that was um, essentially that was all the questions I had. So the only thing that's uh, really left is if you want to shout out anyone or a project you're working on, if you can talk about it, um, now's your time to say whatever you want to say. No, I'm. I think I'm done. And yeah, I don't know about you. <laughs> Me too. I'm done. Uh, Me yeah. too. Um, yeah, I'm done as well. Okay, nothing to shout out. That's okay. Um, then, yeah, thank you both again for taking the time to speak to me. And, uh, Thanks, yeah, man. You did an amazing job on Stray. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I just recently played it because I uh, had it on my list forever and I was like, ah, okay, yeah, now try it out. And I was really surprised how, how good the audio was. So uh, great job and thank you. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having us. Looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to? We're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. Be sure to hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting on patreon.com slash fieldandfoley or ko-fi.com slash fieldandfoley, where you gain early access to episodes in lossless format and can submit questions for our guests. Thank you for listening.